Hey, Matt Franco here. And this is Eric Dittleman, and this is Mind Over Magic. What is up, man? Episode 17. How we feeling? Uh, doing great. I voted. Did Ditto. You, did you vote? Good. Good. Yes, good, sir. Good. And uh, how, how did you do it? Did you go in person? Uh, yeah, I went in person. Yeah. And uh, we got lots of other things to talk about too. It's been a been a little bit. Such as? Um, well, uh, there's some news in the magic community. I read mm-hmm. a book. I did, mm-hmm. you know, an interview. We'll get to all that hopefully and more. Yeah. Isn't that yeah, insane? no, it does. It's weird. It feels, even though it's only a week, it feels like I haven't talked to you in a long time. Yeah, yeah. We we kind of offset our recording a little bit from our normal recording schedule. So it was a, it was a long week, as they say in the sports business, right? It, it's crazy what like one or two days makes a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, but uh, we had sad news uh, in the magic yeah. community. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the amazing Randy passed away. And uh, I, don't, I don't know, did you ever meet him or have any connection with him or at all? And uh, we should I, probably explain who he is for those who don't know who the amazing Randy is. But Yeah, he's a very famous uh, magician and skeptic and uh, did a lot in the world of magic, and but also kind of uh, poking holes in fake psychics and frauds and things like that over many, many years. Yeah. Yeah, and I know we have a lot of friends and friends of friends who were deeply affected by this because they were very close to Randy because he was responsible for putting Penn and Teller together as a team, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of my mentors and friends, uh, Banachek, was very involved in, um, you know, uh, his start as well. Uh, Banachek is an interesting character because he, you know, fooled scientists through the Alpha Project, and James Randy was kind of part of that at the same time when scientists were you know uh, just kind of going in with this pro bias of trying to prove esp is real and randy would write these scientist letters saying hey if a magician ever comes and tries your test like look out for these methods that they might do and they would he would explain exactly things that banachek was doing <laughs> in these tests and these scientists were just had so much hubris that they ignored these letters that, uh, you know, Randy was, uh, you know, warning them about. And uh, it just goes to show uh, all of these uh, things in the skeptic world are so important to do good science. And I mean, he started the amazing meeting that was in Vegas that I was always jealous. I never got to go and visit, which was like the skeptics uh, convention, really. It started there. And uh, for those of you who want to check up more on The Amazing Randy, I mean, he's got an amazing documentary called An Honest Liar. And I actually got to see that at the Tribeca Film Festival uh, because of uh, Banachek, you know, invited me along. And um, at the end of the movie, there was a big surprise where I think he was like 85 at the time. Randy did a Q&A and then did his famous rope escape in front of the audience. And like, that was fantastic. So I got to meet him briefly. And uh, I mean... Just, just a huge impact on the whole uh, community, and such a huge loss. Uh, you know that he's that he's gone. I know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I only met him one time, and it was speaking of loss. It was at Johnny Thompson's celebration mm. of life. Um, wow. And he was speaking. Yeah. Wow. So you know, I saw him backstage and so on. I, I 
you know, regrettably didn't spend a lot of time talking to him, but probably for good reason. It's not like we knew each other, you know, intimately or anything. I don't know why I said intimately, but you knew what I meant. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, So I didn't want to bother him or, you know, sort of get in the way. And And he's up there. He was up there at age for a long time. It felt like, you know, and uh, (laughs) I mean, he's had such a crazy career. I mean, it still amazes me. The stories I heard when he was like on tour with Alice Cooper you know, opening up as this like mad scientist character Mm -hmm. and like doing gory illusion effects. (laughs) I I remember seeing one photo of him like chasing Alex Cooper around stage with these like giant scissors or something like that. It's just, I don't know. The guy lived. You've actually seen footage of that? Or I saw, uh, uh, not footage, but a picture. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've heard about it. I've never seen footage or photos or anything. That's crazy. But just, yeah. I mean, just the impact he had and, uh, you know, the influence he had, especially now in this time, you know, with, with everything going on in politics and the world and all these people believing in conspiracies, I think, you know, the skepticism and being, you know, proactive of following accurate so- science and what is true is so much more needed. And I can just only imagine, you know, we should we should be following in Randy's footsteps, dispelling all these, you know, QAnon and other weird conspiracy things because people are so apt to believe in these ideas in this social media world where these ideas perpetuate and, you know, kind of are self-evident for for people and they just are ignoring science and truth. Yeah. Yeah. No, and there's, there's plenty, of, there are plenty of people trying to kind of muddy the water and yeah. make it hard to decipher what's what's real and what's not i suppose yeah yeah we need a million dollar challenge for like conspiracy theories seriously <laughs> right because yes. for those of you who don't know james randy started the the james randy educational foundation J- jref and they used to do at, even at some of these amazing meeting skeptic uh, conventions they would perform the million dollar challenge which was anyone who could prove they had psychic abilities under test conditions would win a million dollars that he had in a bank ready to go uh should they pass you know real tests and obviously no one's ever won it but mm-hmm. you know some of the stories i've heard of people trying are just unreal also some are like more exciting for just people in that world because like the process of carrying out science and doing it right is not that entertaining. <laughs> so oh, right. I, I can imagine for some of these conventions, it's like, all right, we got to go through these protocols, make sure this is all set up. And like skeptics would be like, yeah, this is so ex- exciting. But I think other people are like, okay, this is a lot of process. <laughs> but yeah. that's how you do it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. so, yeah, well, his legacy lives on mm-hmm. and he, he lives in our memory. Yeah, he will be missed. By many, many people. Yeah, absolutely. Are you uh, doing anything for Halloween? Halloween? No, I got nothing really planned. Uh, Might watch some movies or play some virtual games online with some friends. I carved pumpkins last night. Did you? Yeah, a couple of friends came by, and we do our pumpkin carving. It's a tradition now, second year in a row. Maybe Maybe we'll get the photo out there, and people can try to figure out which one is mine. Oh, spoiler alert! Mine sucks. <laughs> Have you? I I don't think I've actually ever carved a pumpkin. I think what? I think maybe when I was little, I did like the basic like triangle eyes and like a jagged mouth thing. But since then, I was like, I get it. This is too messy. I don't like the scooping out the the pumpkin part or you know getting my hands that gross. And and I'm also the kind of person that like 
if I were to do a pumpkin, I'd want it to look really good. And I think that takes practice and like, you know, getting the stencil. And I like those ones that like you use the thinness of the pumpkin to like create different layers of shadow and, you know, almost like a 3D element. And I'm just like, I don't have the time to put into that. <laughs> I'll probably mess it up. I don't do the scooping. You don't do the scooping. I can't. I hate the scooping. <laughs> I, I mean, I honestly, I don't like any any part of pumpkin carving. I just get conned into it. Okay. There you go. So yeah, you would I, be I, like me and not wanting to do it. <laughs> I'm putting up a fight, you know, the whole time. I'm like, we don't have to carve pumpkins. We can hang out. We can play a game. We can. I'm offering all these alternatives, but somehow I always get sucked into the pumpkin carving. Oh man, that's so good. Uh, yeah. Can can you spoil what did you make a design of? I'm curious. Well, um, you kind of uh, <laughs> you kind of hit the nail on the head already, uh, minus the jagged mouth. It was just eyes and a circle <laughs> nose and a mouth. And the sad part is, it wasn't even like a smiling mouth. It was just a mouth, not a frown, <laughs> not a smile. It just just barely qualifies as a mouth. Oh, wow. I can but imagine. I'm not very artistic with things like that. I can imagine just that like emoji with like the, the E face. Yeah. <laughs> like the yeah. mouth going yeah. like sideways. <laughs> just like E. That, that's a good. Spooky. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to say I made the E emoji. That's what I'm going to tell people it is when they ask. But uh, yeah, like Tiana did a silhouette of a cat. I wow. mean, it's like, you know, I just I'm just getting shown up left and right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Have you tried maybe a different canvas? Maybe pumpkins aren't your thing, but maybe like another type of gourd. <laughs> or... <laughs> you just wanted to say gourd. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm I'm really not crafty with with uh, things of that nature. So no, I will not be carving other other gourds and any other pumpkins for the you know until uh, for a year. I've actually always wanted to do, I don't know if you've seen this, but, um, you know, uh, image projection is like so good right now where you can map, you know, your house and, you know, set up a projector. I saw one where it's three pumpkins and they just project the face onto the pumpkins and then it's like animated and it looks like they're like moving and talking and everything like that. Yeah, that, that, that makes se sense. Seems much cleaner to me and so much cooler because it's moving and it involves technology. So that's right up my alley. So uh, that, that's how I'll do pumpkins in the future if I could set that up. But again, I don't really have anyone to show Halloween decorations to. No one really comes by trick-or-treating. It's not really mm -hmm. a New York thing uh, to mm -hmm. go, you know, to random apartments. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I also went hiking in Sedona. Yeah, Arizona. Are you familiar with Ar Sedona? I've heard of it, but I've never been. I've driven through Arizona with you. Mm -hmm. uh, we drove to Pet Prescott, I believe, from California once to do a gig. Yeah, do we did that this? gig together for uh, Embry Riddle. Yes. Yes. And we saw a field of cows eating pumpkins. I don't remember that part. <laughs> you don't remember the field of cows eating pumpkins? It was literally just all orange with like, it looked like black polka dots. And then as we got closer, you're going, I think that's just a giant field of pumpkins with cows eating them. How do you don't recall that? I don't know. It's just not memorable. <laughs> wow. Well, it kind of was. I, I don't know. I think I just thought of it because of the reference of pumpkins. But anyway. Yeah. Or for me, it was super memorable. I don't know. Yeah. But 
but I uh, hiked up a mountain and uh, had a couple friends get married at the top of it. It was like unbelievable. Wait, wait, wait. So, so that was part of the wedding is you had to hike to the top of the, the, the mountain? That, absolutely. Yeah, that was the, the, the in lieu of the ceremony. That's what it was. Yeah. I would not have gotten to that wedding if I was invited. <laughs> I was like, just work? because the hike, <laughs> just the work part to get to the top of the mountain. Yeah, you, you've been hiking, surely. Yeah, sure. But then you're all like sweaty and you could have injured yourself on the way up. And it's then just, it's an easy ish hike. I mean, it's not, you know, it's a it's a walk. It's not like you're climbing up and risking your life. OK, I was going to say, what is the incline like? Is it like a small little slope or are we rock climbing here? Um, No rock climbing. But by the time you get to the top, you're you're high up. So it was pretty cool. Now, were you all like dressed like in wedding attire or were you in hiking attire? Because uh, like I can picture, you know, tuxedos with like hiking boots is what I'm picturing. It was uh, hiking attire except for the bride and groom were dressed in the traditional wedding. Now, do you think they changed yeah. when they got to the top or did they hike in these clothing? Um I'm I, so I, I believe the groom the groom uh, got dressed at the top, and I think the bride walked up in the dress. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. And, and was, was there an officiant? Unbelievable. That was great, huh? Was there an officiant? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Was there like a like? Because I'm also picturing like a minister doing this hike, and at the end being like, "All right, time to get married." <sighs> <laughs> it was a uh, it was a family member. Okay. <laughs> of the bride and groom. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Had a whole situation where we showed up to the hotel and uh, <laughs> Tiana had actually set this up. Oh, she's going to kill me now that I mentioned that. Uh, and, and it was for the wrong month. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it was for like a month later. So you have, that, you know. You haven't that traveled didn't... in that long. It, you messed up the reservation. <laughs> Again, I didn't do the booking, and and mm-hmm. and in her defense, I think uh, she did it over the phone. Mm-hmm. So like, I think the mistake may have actually been on on the hotel's end. Okay, but yeah. they can't wave a magic wand and like make rooms appear. So we. So had what did to, you do? Well, we we started knocking on doors, started going in other hotels. You, no, not we didn't knock on doors <laughs> in that hotel and kick people uh, out. Excuse I me. saw your reaction. <laughs> Are you still uh, using this room? Because uh, we booked this hotel and uh, they don't have rooms. Uh, we're happy to bunk up with you <laughs> if you want to just have two roommates. <laughs> it, apparently, it was the biggest, big, like busiest weekend of the year in Sedona because it was really hard to actually like, you know, find a decent place. But we did, and everything was hunky dory. I'm still shocked that people are like traveling and staying in hotels during this pandemic. So yeah, that surprises um, me. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of hotels are really doing a good job with taking the precautions, and uh, I think they're also at limited occupancies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that also makes uh, inventory limit. And so in theory, they could have opened up one of the uh, one of those rooms. Right. That's what I'm saying. They could have opened one up for me that was not being. But again, that would be breaking the rules and they're sticking to the stringent rules. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. But yeah, people are traveling. Safe. People are here in Vegas. Wow. Yeah. You know, we're, we're taking uh, we don't know, you know, how this is all going to go with COVID and all of that. What direction Nevada is going to go in, the country's going to go in. Obviously, mm-hmm. other countries right now. Uh, are kind of experiencing upticks in the virus and they're shutting down or um, increasing restrictions. Yeah. Uh, but in Vegas, we don't know what's going to happen, but we have to think positive and we're taking the steps now to 
figure out what reopening looks like. So I think uh, the show Absinthe just opened last night for their first time. And and there were crazy, you know, not crazy, but uh, stringent Mm -hmm. policies in place. Like the audience is 25 feet away from the stage. Now, are you going to see any of these shows to see how they're running it uh, in case, you know, you're up next? Well, that's the thing. So I will eventually see shows most definitely, mostly just to see the vibe. What does it feel like to be in a theater? Are people having a good time? Do they want to be there? Are they nervous? Are they just drinking and having fun? Is it safe? I'm, Mm. I'm interested to see all those things. Uh, but yeah, I visited my theater actually for the yeah. first time in how was many, that? many months. <laughs> oh, how was it? It's so weird because it was, as I was riding the elevator up to the theater, I felt like I was going to work. It was weird. I was like, oh, am I doing a show right now? It was such a weird feeling. But then when I actually walked in the theater, I don't know what to relate it to. It it felt abandoned yeah. for good reason yeah. because it hasn't been used in several months. Uh, many of the chairs have already been removed in terms of plans of figuring out new seating plans oh, with wow. social yeah. distancing, but it was kind of halfway in the process. So it just felt like abandoned. It just yeah. felt like an abandoned place at the moment, but it will be very much spruced up by the time we get to any situation with reopening. And I can't, you know, we don't have an exact date to announce in this moment, but I think within the next few episodes, we'll have an announcement for mm-hmm. uh, an opening date that we will be opening in a very safe way as, as best we can and finding ways to make, still be able to bring the magic to the people in a safe way from a, a distance. I know you've done some live shows. Yeah, just a just a couple, not not many, but I I mean I have another one coming up, um, you know, soon, but you you were just everyone's trying to figure figure out a way to make this all work and do it safely so, you know, we don't want to be those people that are causing these upticks and you just see not. more and more of these events where people are gathering in large numbers and not following the protocol and and that's not anything that I want to do when it comes to live shows. But I'm I'm curious. I want to go back to you exploring your empty theater. Did you, uh, did you like think about your pre-show ritual or any of the effects that you do in your show? And like, are you worried? Like, you know, is is anything rusty? It's like, oh, am I going to remember how to do this? How am I going to do that? Everything's rusty. Absolutely. <laughs> Because I, I, I've, I'm interjecting new material into the show and mm-hmm. in trying to figure out where to place it, I would think about, now, what's this transition? What do I say after this? Mm-hmm. And I, I, it's like trying to say the alphabet backwards. I, well, I don't recall I can do that. my own that's material. Not, that's not a good analogy. That's easy to do. Learning. You can say the alphabet backwards? Yeah. Challenge. Right now? I mean, uh, if you think you can do it, it's not yeah. that it's only 26 letters. Z-Y-X-W-V-U-T-S-R-Q-P-O-N-M-L-K-J-H-G-F-E-D-C-V-A. Whoa. <laughs> Why can you do that? It's just a, it's a memory trick. I mean, it's, uh, I actually teach it. No, I it get it, but why? As well. Well, if well. you ever get pulled over, it comes in handy. No. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you've done that. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. But uh, um, no, it's something you can che- teach in you know uh, a, a few sentences, and it, you just use that those four sentences as a mnemonic to um, figure out you know what the to remind you of the letters backwards. And I've just done that. That's been my mic test for ages now. <laughs> How have I never alphabet. heard? Uh, I must have because we've done shows together. I must have not picked up on you doing that as your mic. Yeah, test. maybe. <laughs> because <laughs> you've probably been doing it since then yeah 
Oh, before that. Yeah, yeah, a li- for a while now, and it's just, uh, you know, it just rattles off, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm trying to, it's harder to do now, because I'm getting a little bit bored with just doing the alphabet backwards. It's like, you know, a little, little, little beneath me now, so I'm trying to, this is weird, trying to go back and forth between first and last letter, and go like A, Z, B, Y, C, W, see, that's one, that one's not as, uh, <laughs> as in, uh, ingrained in me yet, but starting, gotcha. yeah. So going first letter, last letter, second to first, second letter, second to last letter, all the way through uh, down to the middle, kind of like zippering through. I but these gotcha. are all uh, weird mental exercises that I, I do to keep myself entertained. And I don't know how interesting that is for a podcast. But <laughs> I mean, you doing it was pretty impressive. I liked it. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> and it was fast. It felt faster than the regular alphabet. Yeah, I think I could probably do the alphabet backwards faster than like because I have to think of like the song for A B C D. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. Isn't that funny? So do yeah. I. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anywho, That's so weird. Yeah, it was it was weird being in the theater, but it was exciting to kind of think. Okay, maybe we'll be able to. Uh, not maybe we're gonna figure out a way. It's just a matter of all, taking all the steps. You know, a good example would be America's Got Talent. They had a very successful season safe socially distanced no issues because they follow all the protocols they were able to operate and uh, other shows have been able to do that as well and now live shows are trying to figure out how to make it happen and uh, i'm excited to be at the forefront of it and it's not just you it's also your crew you gotta you know kind of get back into the swing of things of like you know calling the show and doing the lighting stuff and you know, some of the bigger illusion stuff and making sure all those pieces are together. And, you know, that that seems like are, are you planning on doing a week of rehearsals or so forth just to just to get the cobwebs off? Um, uh, a minimum, a minimum of that. Yes, mm-hmm. there will absolutely be rehearsals. But also, I really am uh, sort of I don't know to what to what degree yet, but there's going to be a revamp of the show to some to some level. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know how much will that happen immediately, how much it'll happen in, you know, phase two of the opening, but a lot of exciting potential changes that would require reteching certain things and rehearsing things. And like I said, yeah. even just putting in new material, putting in new effects obviously requires rehearsals of not just those effects, but transitions in and now. And uh, that's how we roll. Are you going to uh, keep the tagline, the name of the show, or are you going to change that too? Magic reinvented nightly. What do nightly. you suggest? What do you I don't suggest? know. I'm, I'm wondering if there's a, a slogan you could use for Corona times. Oh boy. <laughs> um, oh boy. <laughs> ma- magic socially distanced nightly. <laughs> you don't like that one? <laughs> oh boy. Magic in quarantine. <laughs> nightly. <laughs> magic 25 feet away nightly. Yeah. Magic Kira nightly. <laughs> just have her as a special guest here i am asking for legitimate <laughs> advice from a friend and you tell me magic kira knightley <laughs> you know i can't resist that pun uh, <laughs> uh no but the real answer is to be determined yeah to be yeah, determined but absolutely. um yeah I, we'll see you know you got to take things one step at a time and there's so many unknowns right now in terms of the world so it's just one one step at a time and eventually we get to uh the next next step (laughs) yeah speaking of uh uh, this is a good transition speaking of uncertainty in the world i voted in the we kind of talked at the start of the episode but uh Mm -hmm. i voted in person 
mm-hmm. don't know if you did mail in or anything like that, but uh, how was your experience voting? Uh, my my experience was easy and brief. I did a combination, so I filled it out at home mm. and did a drop off, a physical drop off. So I was jealous of the people like you because I waited in line. And first of all, I am upset that my weather apps lied to me. Because so, <laughs> so, you're outside. So I did in person voting, and you can do early voting in New York and. Normally, my poll location is just a couple blocks from me, but the early voting was like several blocks. It was like a half an hour walk to get to, you know, um, to, to the polling place. And then when I get there, there is a line three ways around the block, you know, <laughs> taking up three legs of the, the square there. Uh, and it starts misting, like not raining enough that it's like, you know, that you're like, oh, I'm just going to get wet. But like, just enough mist to like soak your I was wearing a hoodie so just soaked the hoodie and nothing else which is just a gross feeling yeah you know? and even just walking in the rain in a mask is not pleasant you know that right right it just feels like waterboarding at that point you know <laughs> you just kind of cloth over your face and water in your face um, so the, the good news was the line moved fast, but boy, was I jealous of the people who were just like, I filled this out already and I'm just going to cut the line, go to the drop off box, get it done. Um, but I think the whole process for me was about, it was about 40 minutes in line, which wasn't terrible. And there was a lot of people doing that too. And then, you know, the whole voting process, you, you go in, you check in, they use iPads now, which is nice to, you know, I have a little voting card and they scanned that and found me in the system and gave me the ballot. And then, uh, you know, did filled in all the little bubbles. Boy, some of those, uh, the ballots are sometimes confusing. I don't know if it does it in Vegas though, of like, you can vote for the, person in different parties and they're like listed multiple times <laughs> yeah yeah it's <laughs> the same type stuff. of deal yeah what was the impetus for not filling it out at home first oh i didn't even get a, a ballot ahead of time i didn't oh. do uh like an absentee or anything well here I in just, nevada everyone received one. Oh, if, you have to request to, yeah. it in new york so yeah, yeah okay got it got it but yeah, yeah it was great it was literally like having a fast pass at disneyland <laughs> it's like see you later walk Peace. right up drop it in the bucket and but Keep did, her you, moving. did you get a sticker though? I I did indeed get a sticker. You did okay, because that I was did. I mean that was the impetus for me going in person. I wanted to get that sticker uh, mm-hmm. to do you know the Instagram selfie, show everyone I voted, and immediately after I posted the photo, sticker flew off and blew away. <laughs> there you go. I did a card trick to reveal my vote sticker on yeah. Instagram. <laughs> nice. A little nice. color change, if you will. Absolutely. So if yeah. you haven't voted yet, go vote. What are you waiting yes, for? Yes, uh, That's important. A, yeah. Regardless of your party, of who you're voting for, uh, you know, we're not going to get into that. But uh, do your civil duty. Uh, be a good American. And even with all the uh, the difficulties of, you know, the news stories you're seeing in certain states that are, you know, it's, it's you know, or, or polling boxes or ballot boxes that are like, you know, one for one entire county, uh, you know, put in the effort. You'll feel you'll feel more accomplished if it's harder to vote, I guess. <laughs> you, like, you'll feel like you actually did something. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's an achievement to unlock. Uh, so go go and vote. Absolutely. That's all I'll say. And then we, we're going to have a, a month of figuring out who won. So that'll be... <laughs> 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 that'll be fun. Looking I forward. can't wait. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, uh, the other thing, uh, let's see, what else is happening? I did an interview. Well, I think it's, it, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I did an interview. Or, um, uh, do you, do you want to hold that till after the riddle? Or you want to hit the interview first? No, let's talk about this now. Yeah, because okay. uh, there's not a whole lot. Because I'll t- I'll tell my experience <laughs> for this is uh, there was a, uh, a magic convention that was uh, I put on by uh, I think it's called the Un- United Magicians. I should have all this information. United Magicians for the World, and it's okay. got, put together by a group, Masters of Magic. And there was like thousands of uh, hours of streaming content. It was like a telethon, it seemed. And all these big names in magic were, you know, brought in to do a lecture or a talk or something like that. And I ended up uh, being part of it very last minute because my friend uh, Harrison Greenbaum was being interviewed uh, to, to talk about, you know, his career and his thoughts and theories. And uh, the uh, interviewer, whoever it was, uh, kind of bailed last minute, and he gave me a call. And I was like, sure, oh, yeah, I'll interview you. I've been doing podcasts. I got this down. <laughs> <laughs> How did you do? Uh, we had a great talk. We talked about comedy. We talked about, you know, uh, our theories and, you know, how magic is an art. You know, I, I actually, as even the interview, got to, you know, say some of my thoughts and theories as well and gained a couple followers that were watching. But it was, a, you know, it was a really incredible event. And there's like, I, I don't know, I want to say like 116 presenters or more or artists or something like that. And uh, I've literally saw none of them. I saw I did my little bit interviewing Harrison, and then logged off and didn't see a single other performance. Got it. <laughs> so okay. I, I'm guessing this went really well for other people from the feedback that I've I've heard, uh, you know, secondhand. But uh, my my involvement was super limited. <laughs> So that's why I'm I was sure like, it was a hell of an interview, nonetheless. I didn't have a lot of a lot lot to talk on this the subject, so I was like, let's do it now before the riddle. There you go. <laughs> oh, fair enough. That's why. Now I understand why you're adamant about getting that in before the riddle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not a whole the, lot. And then I found five dollar thing. That's and when then you I throw found that five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a good interview. Harrison's got some great stuff. We'll eventually have him on a get as a guest. Absolutely, show. Harrison's yeah. always great. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah. he he did the best interview of all time. I felt bad. I was like, I felt like a bad interviewee when he had you on as a special guest, and he somehow got yeah. my grandma involved. Yeah, and did this online interview. Is like, I he 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 really showed up mm-hmm. to that interview, like prepared. He, he does his research. Yeah, this is for those who don't know. Harrison does a show that's on like Facebook Live. I think there's a podcast too of uh, who books that, and you were the featured guest. And he does a lot of research, and he always does surprise cameos. And I was one, and you were expecting that. But the fact that he got your grandmother on, you know, a video call was super I- impressive. It was like probably the worst I've ever done for an interview only because I was so blown away by everything that was happening. There were so many surprises throughout it that were like unreal. So like the whole time I was just like trying to figure out how did he arrange all this? What's happening? What is going on? And yeah, I well, he did amazing and I left much to be desired, but that's okay. Yeah, and you can find Matt's interview if you check uh, who books that on your podcatcher or find Harrison's live streams on YouTube and Facebook. Absolutely. Check that out. But Matt, I think it's time for Diddle Me This. Diddle Me This. 
diddle me that will Eric end up stumping Matt Riddles. All right. Are you ready for your riddles, Matt? Born ready. I have two for you because they're kind of short, uh, but they're both thematically linked here. So I'm going to start with uh, this one. Uh, Some months have 30 days. Some months have 31 days. How many have 28? 30 days have September, April, June, and November. All the rest have 31 except for February, which has 28. So your answer is February. No, because the question is how many. Right. And this isn't the trivia section. This is the riddle section of the podcast. (laughs) So how is that last sentence phrased? Some months have 30 days. Some months have 31 days. How many have 28? How many have 28 days? Yes. Uh, well, the answer is one, but sometimes... Uh, oh, no, that's not true. The answer is not one. The answer is 12 months have 28 days. Yeah, yeah that is correct. They all have 28 days, just some yes. have more. <laughs> yeah, and I'll tell you how I got there. I was, mm-hmm. was going to say, well, normally just one month, but on leap year it has 29 days. And when I said that in my head, I go, oh, if it has 29, it still has 28. <laughs> got him that is got exactly him. Very right good. I like yeah that. that's a good one so i don't know if uh knowing this riddle will spoil the next one but oh. uh, these are all kind of uh the same uh, this vein. is like when i hit you with the the uh didn't i hit you with the cemetery riddle last week just on the fly how yeah. many do you know how many people are dead in there yeah yeah it's similar all of them? Yeah, yeah yeah exactly i guess it's it's different but anyway yeah yeah all right this one's this one is a little bit different because uh, we're talking about a year here Okay. okay, so it's still, still uh, related. Okay. Uh, how many seconds are there in a year? 525,600 <laughs> minutes. All right, don't sing anymore. I don't know if we can get the rights. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> think, That's going to be an edit. Parody is fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was funny. Um how many seconds are in a year? Is that the question? That is the How many question. seconds are in a year? Yeah. How many seconds are and in And again, a year? this is a riddle, not a trivia question. Right. How many seconds are in a year? I I I, I I'm not sure I know the answer to this. How many seconds yes. are in a year? Mm-hmm. Now, your hint is this is related to the last riddle. That's actually part of what's confusing me. <laughs> How many seconds are in a year? Yes. Uh, 365 days. That is correct. 24 hours in a day, 525,600 minutes. Yeah. Do you remember six, doing those like 60. long puzzles like where you had to, like fi- not puzzles, but math problems to figure out like how many literal seconds were in every year you'd you would actually write out like one year is 365 days and then you're like times and then you're like 365 days or one day is you know 24 hours exactly what what you're saying yeah Yeah. but i'm just picturing that remember like writing that all out no i don't know if i have you actually did that in school yeah i definitely did that in school to figure Mm. out how many I don't I don't recall year. it, but I mean, I know the song 525,600 times 60 would be what I would do if I had a pen and paper or a calculator. That's what I would do. But I know that's not it. 
Wait, why would you multiply that by 60? Isn't that already how many seconds? No, that's minutes. That's oh, minutes. Oh, minutes. Oh, yeah. Okay, you're right. Yeah, you I, cut me off. You let me finish the song, you would know, I, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since I've seen Rent. <laughs> <laughs> I've never actually seen it. I just like the song. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's not in my uh, my Spotify top 10 list. Of, uh, you know, same here, but it's still, you play know. some Rent. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I would tie, I would multiply yeah, okay, that times that sixty, yeah. but I but that's still not the answer. But no, isn't that an is answer n- though? It is an answer, but for a trivia question, yeah, not a riddle. So how many seconds are in a year? Yeah. I mean, I can't believe I'm still thinking about this. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, how how many months have twenty eight days? All of them. Yes, you nailed that riddle. Uh, how many how seconds many s- are there in one year? All of them. No, that doesn't answer the question because that is a, that is a that is a weird uh, weird response. If you say uh, you know how many of this, and you say all of them, how many dead people are in that cemetery? All of them. <laughs> yeah, but there's there's still find out about. Uh, I'll give you a clue. Uh, we're recording this today. What's today's date? The 29th. Yes. How did you? What did you add to the end of that date? Uh, th yeah so th- those are uh i forget the exact term for those ordinal okay. numbers or, or primary numbers or something like that so i'll ask you again oh, how many the answer is 12 <laughs> how many seconds are there the year yeah january oh, 2nd wow. february so 2nd march here's, 2nd <laughs> April here's 2nd. the one thing i didn't know here's yeah. the one thing i didn't know is that that's an audible riddle it can't be done it can't be written out because no, then I because would see... it's still that seconds, yeah. Oh, because it, it's spelled yeah. out second. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I don't know. All right, all right. Well, <laughs> well, I you got like one. the first one, <laughs> so you get this for the first one, and then this for the second one. <laughs> oh. Yeah. All righty. Well, that was a great session. Yeah, there. those like are it. good. Those are good. I I wouldn't do them back to back if you're gonna ask your friends these riddles. Uh, just because they are, you know, pretty much the same, I think. They're tangentially related. Ah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) I would say less tangentially is uh, exactly the same line. They're following the same path. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I think it's trivia time. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, 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 trivia, pressure. Trivia time. Why are you depriving us of the extended version of the trivia song? I was reminded by your brother Mark recently. (laughs) I know you had told me one time that there was a longer version, and you're depriving our listeners (laughs) and myself of hearing the extended version. Song. Wow. Uh, I'll have to I'll have to dig through my emails to see if I can find it, but uh, it is yeah. it is much longer. It'll take up most of the episode. <laughs> listen, no, listen. Kidding. I want the uncut version, and if it doesn't exist, we also want the uncut, <laughs> want the extended uh, riddle song as well. Oh no! I think the the riddle song was uh, you know right out of the gate. You know, there could no be edit. a B side. There could be a B side <laughs> to that track. We don't know. Anyway, that's not my no, question. That... That's not my trivia question. <laughs> Did I get it right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Which nut? Oh, I'm already interested. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> why? <laughs> like, because you're hungry or what? No, I'm just happy it's not a date as the answer. It's a down. <laughs> I'm getting better at you know <laughs> deciphering which yeah, uh, yeah, trivia yeah. you might be more interested in. Anyway, which nut is used to make? I'm hoping you don't already know what I'm going to say because sometimes no, you, sometimes no, you already know the answer. No. <laughs> which nut is used to make dynamite? Dynamite. Whoa. I didn't even know nuts were involved in dynamite. That's amazing. You and me both. You and me both. Wow. Um, okay. I was hoping you were going to say what nut is involved to make peanut butter. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that would be much easier. <laughs> um, you know what? I think, you know, in the recesses of my brain somewhere, I did know that, like, some weird ingredients are in dynamite. And I think I know... There is like kind of explosive nut of some kind. Um, I'm between a couple options. I don't think it's a peanut. Um, but what other nuts are there? There's pecans. Well, you know I have choices for you. Oh, yeah. But let me let me think it out first. Uh, Fair. We got some pecans maybe or pecans, depending on where you're from. How do you say it? Pecans, I think. But I don't think I say it correctly. I think I say pecans because I think, you know, it's like saying Target. You go to Target. <laughs> pecans definitely sounds way more sophisticated. Yeah, yeah. Pecans. Um, there's macadamia nuts. Those might be one, but I'm I'm leaning more towards like hazelnuts or filberts. Are those Brazil nuts? Um, I think those are one and the same. I'm not familiar with filbert. Well, it's a it's an uncommon name for I think a Brazil nut. I could okay. have that. I could have this wrong. Um, that's not the trivia question though. <laughs> we'll look that up later. I'll give myself uh, well, a ding. But if yeah, I do give, me... give you the choices, it will uh, clarify some of these talking oh, yes, points. Oh, yes, please. Yeah, give me the choices here. Option one is almonds. Oh, yeah. Okay. How do you pronounce that? Almond. Okay. I don't know. Is where there I'm another from, way? Think... Yeah, I don't know. Tiana says almonds, and I think that might be where we're from. That sounds like a person, like almond. <laughs> like almonds. Al. I'm going to go I... see almond over there. <laughs> I'm fairly certain it's incorrect, but I've yeah. since learned to say almond. Okay, great. <laughs> Uh, that's option one. Option two is pine nuts. Pine nuts? Never, yes. never heard of like a. Isn't that an like a a pine cone? I don't think so. I okay. think that's a pine cone is a pine cone. Okay, great. <laughs> but I can't picture a pine nut for what it's worth. Uh, well, if it grows off a tree and it falls to the ground, that's like a nut. So are pine cones nuts? I, I'm not. These are I'm more questions. You got to do more research. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Shout back to a previous episode. <laughs> Tell Michael Kent to Google it. <laughs> um, peanuts is option. Okay. I don't option, think it's peanuts. Option. I'm eliminating that. And the fourth option is walnuts. Ooh, walnuts is interesting. I was thinking it's like a common one. Um, so I'm between almonds or walnuts. And I, for some reason, feel like... Although they kind of look like they're more explosive, the walnuts. They kind of like just kind of have that like explosion feel. But I feel I'm going to go with almond. I All right. I it's an almond. And we will soon hear a sound if you're ready. We will soon hear a sound. Final answer was? Almond. Almond. Ah, oh, no. Should I go with walnut? Believe it or not, you eliminated the answer. It's peanut. 
It's peanuts. No, those are used for peanut butter. I already said that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you no fooled way. yourself on that. Yeah. I think because you made the peanut butter joke, you might yeah. have fooled yourself All on right. it. You kind of like blocked it out. All right. I'm gonna, but do you yeah. think they still use? Is that like an original recipe for dynamite or? That's a good question. I was wondering myself if the, the proper question should be like, which nut like could be yeah. used or is used. It, it says mm-hmm. is used. So yeah. I don't know if it's a necessary ingredient, but apparently it's uh, an ingredient and it, and it didn't give me any info i actually wanted to google it and then i forgot like what's what's the history on that i'm curious yeah, i'm curious too i do know peanuts there's tons of uses for it but mm-hmm. i was kind of going more of like which uh which type of nuts do i eat and that causes different explosions in my digestional tract <laughs> there you go and then there's silly <laughs> And then there's D's nuts, which I don't understand <laughs> no. what that reference is from. No, I don't. Where did that come from? That's I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know either. I think <laughs> it's just a colloquialism. <laughs> I feel like it had to be in something or a movie. Yeah, or that go, it got so popular. <laughs> yeah, and I don't really understand it. But nonetheless, yeah. here we are. Yeah, that's that's funny because it was. Uh, I don't know if you watched this. Uh, the the Borat movie came out, the sequel. Oh, did you watch it? I did watch it, and I Same. forgot that a lot of um, like things that people would say all the time from the first movie like pop back up, and I was like, oh, that's where that's from. I forgot. You know, high the five. whole my wife high five, wawa wee wah. You know, that yeah. Stuff. So uh, yeah, that did you did you like the new Borat? Do you have thoughts on that? Wow. Um... It's a it's an uncomfortable watch. Mm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I'm always sidetracked during it, wondering how the heck did he set this up, or how did so he get like, away with some of this stuff? Too? Get away yeah. with, but even like, yeah, how was it? Like when he just goes and like stays with those two guys for a period of time. Right. I'm like, wait, so because he was, I understand when he does other costumes, but he was Borat. Yeah. When he was at their house, did he? Did, was he using the name Borat? Yeah, I think so. I think but uh, maybe. I mean, they'd never heard of Borat. Maybe you find people that are like that that aren't just like tapped wow. into the pop culture or or whatnot. Yeah, uh, but I think with our reality TV background, we can kind of see like because I do the same thing. I dissect those moments of like, how is this actually filmed? How did he get away with certain things? Uh, and there's a scene where he's in you know a bakery. And he's having the the lady working behind the counter write some obscene things on a cake. And there's a there's a prop that also sets up another bit that follows after, uh, without spoiling it. But uh, the whole time I'm thinking is, they might have set up this bakery so it had the things they needed, and then just went through a temp agency or hired someone for the day to work it. And they were still unsuspecting and had no clue that all these right. pranks were gonna happen. But like I I can see some of that behind the magic, and I think like. You know, casting calls to find like, hey, we're trying to do a documentary, and we want to see how you you work, you live with a you know someone from another country for a week. You know, that could yeah. be a reality show that they thought they were on. Um, I liked the movie. I laughed more in a long time at this movie <laughs> than I, a, you know, in a long time. But I think the part that got you know the most attention was the Rudy Giuliani stuff at the end, and I thought that course. was the weakest part of the whole movie. So. Oh, I I found it exciting actually. I I kind of I know what you mean, um, yeah. but I enjoyed it. Um, for some reason, that was like less uncomfortable than some of the other things that were <laughs> yeah. happening throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, and you know he had a show on Showtime, Sasha Baron Cohen called "Who Is America." Yeah. Have you yeah. seen that? I saw every episode. Yeah. And I I, I loved it. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I've talked to other people that felt like it was, you know, because it can be uncomfortable to watch yeah. parts of it. Uh, and I, interesting, because I, I loved watching that. And then there were certain parts of Borat where I was like, oh, this is so weird. This is so, mm-hmm. it just hit me differently Yeah. than the first movie or, or anything else I'd seen. Well, I think, I mean, it's a, it's a fine line when you're doing satire and he's trying to highlight these things in people that are, you know, to show that how wrong they are. And I remember when news broke, even before the movie came out, that he was in Portland at this, like, was it a Proud Boys rally or something with those guys he was staying with? But it was, like, some organization that's along those lines. And, uh, you know, he came up and did this really offensive song, and, you know, and he got kind of run out of town, essentially, uh, after that. And I, the whole time I was like, well, this is either for Who is America or an upcoming movie or whatever. Right. So I knew exactly what it was. But I know a lot of people in that area were like pissed off. And I was like, yeah, you should be pissed off. And, you know, maybe you don't agree with the way he's trying to show these uh, injustices that these people are believing in. Uh, but you should be more mad at those people who were singing along with this terrible song because, you know, deep down, I know Sasha Baron Cohen doesn't believe it, but he was ho- showing the people that do believe it. And yeah, yes, he's it saying, it. he's saying bad things and yeah, that's bad. And maybe you just don't like the way he's going about it. But the hard thing with satire is if it's not super clear to people, uh, you end up just believing the satire as the truth. I mean... Yeah, that's the hard. I try part. not to be. I try not to be that person as best I can to <laughs> yeah. misinterpret a satire article for truth. But yeah, these I mean, days, everything's so crazy. It's like could be ma- a satire. How many times do we see people sharing onion articles, thinking they're the the real deal story? <laughs> you I, know? I, or similar often. sites, similar yes. sites. Yeah. Yes. Too Especially often. if it's not as well known as the onion. You know? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Too too often is the answer for me. I imagine it's the same for you. Yeah, I see it all all the time. And it's just like, hey, this is comedy. This is satire. And I think part of the problem, too, is there's just, you know, everything going on in the world. Some of it's so hard to, to make comedy out of because you would say something, you know, uh, you know, the president might say and it might be a farce to you as you're typing it into a sketch. And then the next week he literally says the same words. So how do you parody <laughs> How do you parody that? How do you heighten from it? So right, you know, that and kind of and stuff. you know, in the defense of being fooled by an article like that, I mean, it is some. It can be hard. Just the way it can be hard to interpret tone from a text. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's a little different than watching like one of the fake commercials on SNL. Yeah, where yeah. where it's very clearly uh, satire done but, with a wink and a nod and a yeah, you know, tongue yeah. in cheek kind of thing. So. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I liked a lot of things. I think there were some superstars that came out of that uh, that Borat movie, which is weird now because there's articles like the babysitter and and the the, the Jewish lady in the synagogue were right. upset that they were kind of taken advantage of. But I was like, you guys looked the best out of that movie. You know? Oh, I didn't know they were upset. Yeah, they yeah. definitely did look great. Well, I think so. the the lady in the synagogue has passed away, so it's like her oh, family is kind of I you see. Know, kind of um, getting retribution or whatever, but. Uh, but anyway, let's let's. Uh, you also did something with uh, I think you and maybe Penn and Teller were guests. So what, what, Discovery of Magic. What is that? Can you tell me? That what? was a, a virtual fundraiser type thing for a children's museum here in Las Vegas, and we did it in partnership with the Raiders. Oh wow! Okay. And there so were you're other part part of Raiders part- Nation. Yeah, sure. And there were. Uh, I am now. Uh, there were other participants. I think uh, Jewel and. Ooh. Uh, Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys, but to to be honest, 
I, I'm not really aware of what their involvement was. It was kind of like your interview with Harrison. <laughs> I did my bit and that's it. Actually, I'm doing a couple more today, uh, hmm. a few more um, shooting today. One of them is Christmas related, but nice. we shoot it in advance. And uh, yeah, so I'm, you know, I do, I like uh, being a uh, magician or artist or whatever you want to call it, who cares about stuff and does things yeah. for good causes. I like that. Absolutely. Did you, what did you perform? I improvised some sort of uh, card stuff. I don't recall exactly what it was. <laughs> nice. Well, you, Maybe an invisible palm routine, if that means anything to anybody listening. You you pre-planned it, though. You didn't improvise it in the moment. Be like, oh, what am I going to do? No, I did. I, oh, I did. okay. Great. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I did. Absolutely. Nice. As I will uh, do again today. Oh, good. So, like, what do you want to see? And you're just... That's interesting, too, because there's this element of, you know, with magic, you kind of have to know where you're going a lot of the times in order to pull off the effect. you got to know the steps leading up to it. It's hard mm -hmm. to improvise a magic trick mid-magic trick. Uh, but yeah, it, when you have, you know, because card tricks kind of all start from similar places, you can then kind of go in the moment into dire different directions. And yeah, and this is an even more random example because there's no audience, there's no participant. It's mm -hmm. me sitting there. Uh, I mean, what do you, you're essentially telling a story or showing off. I mean, yeah. it's just you, you're delivering it in a different way. So, um, yeah, but that, the, that's um, the deal. The, the thing I was going to say is uh, – Sometimes too, when like walk around back back when we were doing live shows and you yeah. had an audience in front of you, mm -hmm. I, I've seen performers have that approach where you can gauge what the audience is sort of asking for. I mean, mm -hmm. not literally, but you can get a vibe of like, oh, they really want to see this kind of trick, so you could adjust on the fly. And I know stage totally. performers, especially in the mentalism world, who you know set up all the effects that they want to do just on this back table and then gauge the audience throughout the show. And they'll just be like, oh, I'm going to show this next and that next. Uh, you know, that that just fascinates me. You know, the two different approaches of improv in a, a full evening show even. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I do it uh, more and more. I do it quite a bit. Uh, it's particularly useful uh, in a situation when it's not a full production show because you can take those uh, side routes and do this or that. And uh, I'm actually, you know, I'm actually putting a section in the show. My plan is to, and I don't know if this will when this will happen exactly because of distancing and so on, but I'm putting in a, a sort of an improvised card trick section in the show. Oh, nice. Where I just get to do whatever I want to do that night. I might have like in mind, okay, here's what I'm going to close with. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. maybe some nights it'll be four minutes and some nights it'll be 11. I don't know. And I'm just going to do whatever it is I feel like doing. Whatever yeah. I feel like that audience wants to experience. I'm going to work on some things and depending on who's sitting there and I'm going to play and have a little uh, section like that that's like, essentially just an improvised jazz uh card session because i love doing that and i can do it and i want to do it yeah so. that sounds awesome and you can try out stuff too in front of uh, and i sure will you can you can bet i will yeah and other other card stuff i've i've eliminated from the old set list so i thought oh well this will be a good time to be able to do this so i, I think that's good too because i mean even doing improv shows and whatnot um you know be it forces you to be present you know oh and yeah and the fact that something could potentially fail because you don't know where it's going, you got to just embrace that. And, you know, in the end, long run, it doesn't matter, especially if you're, you know, putting it between two tent poles in your show where you know mm -hmm. things are going to hit. You can kind of play around and have that that feel. But um, that that idea of play actually ties nicely into the book I read this week. It's oh, a it's a short book. Uh, it's the new John Cleese book on creativity. A short and cheerful guide. It is very small, 
uh, maybe about a hundred pages, but they're like half size of normal pages. Mm -hmm. uh, so I just breezed through that and he, um, he talks about, uh, you know, the process. He, he references Monty Python a few times and how he, he wrote, you know, some of his movies as well. Uh, but he talks about this idea of always having that play uh, brain with you. And he kind of goes into the, the Kahneman Thinking Fast and Slow book of you have two brains, one that, you know, kind of is impulsive and decides fast. And then the other one that takes a little longer. And, and uh, he's like, that play process takes longer and you have to let that breathe a bit. And you can't start judging those ideas too quickly but then your other side of your brain, your other half of your brain comes in and then eventually you have to qualify it to see if it's a good idea. But don't do that too soon. So, uh, You're speaking my language here. Yeah. I have Thinking Fast and Slow on my nightstand. I haven't read it yet. It is a thick book. It is, is, it a, is it is it a, a tough read or, or is it kind of um, plays through it? It's I I've, I switch back and forth. It's a tough audiobook read. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah. I can't do yeah. I yeah. do the physical yeah for yes. something like that. Um yeah, that must be a long one on the audio. <laughs> yeah, especially when they reference like graphs. <laughs> <laughs> and you read it? You finished yeah, it? Yeah yeah. It's it's good. It's really good. Uh, so. It's, it's really fascinating about the way it works. And you actually like this uh, small little book, uh, the John Cleese book, too, because he talks about meditation and oh, how wow. you just kind of have to sit with your thoughts and sometimes let it come to you. And the thing that really resonated with me uh, was sometimes you'll have a problem that you're trying to solve. Yeah. And then like you go to bed and then you wake up the next morning and you've solved the problem, realizing your brain, your subconscious mind has been working on it this whole time. And the first time I actually heard that, theory or philosophy was a small other little pamphlet that I got from Lance Burton. Oh, wow. Uh, he had a oh, book. Oh, I know the pamphlet. He had a book called Advice. And yeah, he, I remember. Yeah. He, he never published it. He just gave it as gifts to, mm -hmm. you know, certain people that, you know, came to the that show. That needed advice. Yeah, that went through advice. <laughs> and uh, he talked about similar process of how he came up with his, you know, finale to his show and the uh, the villain, um, you know, transposition. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it just was in his mind. And then after a while, you know, the solution just came to him because his subconscious is often working on it, um, you know, behind the scenes. So you have to kind of give, give up a little bit that control of trying to be like, I got to solve this now and kind of let it, you know, work itself out. And that goes into that whole idea of play with improv as well as you got to be creative because you never know what you're going to stumble upon as well. Mm -hmm. So I like um, the book. I liked it. You should check it out. Uh, you, which book are you referring to when you say you like the book? Uh, the one that you're reading now? Yeah, the one I finished. John Cleese. Uh, oh, that. Oh, oh, that. Oh, right. Because you finished that one yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. Um. So the reason I haven't gotten to thinking fast and slow yet, and I want to get back to Lance Burton's villain for a second, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. uh, the reason I haven't gotten to it yet is because I'm reading another book about the author. Oh, weird. So and you're it, like yeah. learning about Dan? Is it yeah. Daniel Kahneman? Yeah, 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 and I yeah. wanted to uh, read that book first. It came out later, but I want to read it first before I read Thinking Fast and Slow, and it's called The Undoing Project is what oh, it's I called. Oh, I haven't even heard of it. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, and it outlines his life as well his, as his uh, basically like psychological partner in crime who hmm. helped develop his work. So I'm interested. I'm very interested in that stuff, so I uh, look forward to that. You mentioned Lance Burton. In case there are magicians listening, I think this is kind of cool. Yeah. Lance Burton transformed uh, his assistant into the villain in the show. Mm -hmm. And he did it almost like a, a sub trunk type thing without the sub trunk. 
Do you remember the transportation trans uh, transformation? I remember he's so I the way I recall it. It's been a while since I've seen Lance's yeah. show because it's no yeah. longer playing in Vegas. He retired, and uh, you know he was at the Monte Carlo. I saw him there. For, he mm-hmm. was there for ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I recall he turned into the villain at the end. Oh yes, Is that but what when it was? the villain yeah. when the villain appears, it's a dancer, and there's a mm-hmm. circle cloth around her. Okay. The cloth gets thrown up, and when it comes down, it's him. Oh, okay. And and when you hear that, that sounds like a very uh, like almost standard magic trick. You got to wonder when did that come about? And it's actually that was developed by Johnny Thompson, and he published it in his book, The Magic of Johnny Thompson. That that effect that he developed for Lance. It's like you would think something like that had been around literally forever. That's amazing. Yeah, That's I thought that was really kind of cool. Great. I also because I was back, um, it was back east a month ago, whenever it was, and. Mm-hmm. And seeing family uh, from a social distance. But I found the rejection letter that I, I had it still framed. I got a rejection letter from Lance Burton when I was <laughs> maybe 10 years old. And he, there was a casting call, I'll call it, uh, sure. for young magicians to submit videotapes to be featured on his special, the Young Magician Showcase, where he was going to have young magicians come on. And I remember the special to this day. And Josh Jay was on it. And... Um, and many others. I, I, I got rejected, of course. And I was so excited that Lance Burton wrote me a letter and hand-signed it that I was just over the moon, and I framed it. <laughs> and, and not in any irony. I framed wow. it because I was so thrilled as a 10- or 11-year-old uh, to have this letter from Lance. And, and I knew that he watched my video because he referenced things in my act. Hey, oh, wow. I have the sad news to tell you this, but the good news is I really enjoyed your zombie routine or whatever. Yeah. And so I took a picture of it and, and sent it to Lance and because uh, we had never talked about it. I had never right. mentioned to him that I submitted a tape. Because you're I friends with him now and you know, yeah. you've know you hung out. So you, you literally have met and hung out with your heroes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is a whole cool thing in itself. Yeah, but I, yeah. I texted it to him and he's like, wow, I didn't know you ever submitted a tape. Uh, <laughs> you know, sorry, but I'm glad it still worked out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's yeah. a classy man, of course. Oh, no, he is the yeah. he is the classiest. I mean, <laughs> other than Siegfried and Roy, of course, also equally classy. But you know, yeah, yeah, of like yeah. you just like Vegas institution magic shows. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. incredible. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. So, pretty wow. neat. Did you ever get his little advice book? Did that bring you, um, you know, through w- to to I where never- you are now? I was never gifted that book. I was never at any sort of like no. seminar or anything where I would have received it. No. I'll, I'll see if I can find my copy. I'll let you read it. Yeah, you maybe. You Do you have the audio still. book, right? No. <laughs> 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 I can picture him doing it with his southern drawl. <laughs> That's great. That's great, man. Well, uh, yeah, I think uh, this this was uh, fantastic. What other podcast can you get, you know? Thinking Fast and Slow, Daniel Kahneman, Lance Burton, you know, all these (laughs) things we chat about. So if you are enjoying our podcast, we are trying to grow our listenership still. Uh, So tell a friend, uh, hop on that subscribe button, uh, do the automatic downloads, write us a review with text. That's helpful for the algorithms on whatever platform you're listening to, uh, to bump us up a little bit so more people can find us. Uh, and uh, especially if you like the riddles, you know, uh, t- try them out or trivia. Try them out on your friends as well. See how they do. Uh, tell us the results. If, if people come up with other creative answers, we'd love to hear them. Let us know. 
You can uh, find us on all the social media at Mind Magic Pod or email at us at uh, Mind Over Magic Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. My hand still stinks from when my cat drooled on it. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Well, we'll leave you on that note uh, because we're, we have a tradition of uh, ending on uh, downers. Uh, but before we go, we always forget this, and we've been bad about this. So my goal is to remember to do the goal segment on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> for, for next week? Yeah, for next week. Okay, I'll, very I'll, good. I'll, pri- I'll prime it better. Uh, so that's my goal. What's your goal, Matt? <laughs> Oh, I thought you were doing it next week. Uh, I would like to to really get cleaned up in this office here. Oh, you still haven't done that. Okay. I mean, not a damn thing. It is maybe worse than it was last time I spoke with you. And uh, I would really like to get this uh, sorted out. But All I'm right. like a hoarder over here. So, yeah, yeah that would be go. great. And I just don't know what the timeline is on achieving that goal. All right. So it could be a perpetual goal. <laughs> Yeah, that might be my goal next week if you remember the segment. We'll see. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, That's it for us. Bye-bye.